you know, psychedelics are just a tool. They're a really good one, but they are a tool. The real magic happens when you open that window and you can tap into these states of consciousness and spirit and, and expanded mind states without psychedelics. It's much more difficult. The real benefit comes from when you personally take a step through that door. Taking a step through that door really is really stretching your horizons, expanding your spectrum of experience. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Fiveson. We're an official media partner for the Wonderland 2023 conference held in Miami, November the 9th through the 11th. Today, we have an extraordinary guest, Maria Velkova, who's the managing partner with Tabula Rasa Ventures and a seasoned biopharma executive with extensive experience in top pharma companies like Roche and AstraZeneca. We're thrilled to have Maria on the show to discuss her expertise in drug development and commercialization and her work in the expanding field of psychedelic therapeutics the medical and the mystical. All right, all right, all right. Maria, Maria, welcome. Hey, how are you? Heath, thank you so <laughs> much for having me on your podcast. I'm extremely excited to be here. Um, and I'm feeling really wonderful. Uh, thank you. Oh, that's great. That's absolutely wonderful. You know, and I'm so excited to have you as a guest as well, because you really do look at both the medical and the mystical, the sacred and the science. And I hope we can unpack some of that. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your journey and, you know, from developing global drug strategies at top pharma companies? And now you've co-founded a medical psychedelics house and you're focusing on some of the blind spots that are in the healthcare industry. Maybe we can unpack that a little. What 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 does all that mean? Ah, good question and a very layered one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would love to start talking a little bit about the journey, um, mm -hmm. as you initially mm -hmm. asked, and then we can tap in into all the different verticals of that. Right. Right. Let's do it. So I became extremely fascinated mm -hmm. in how the body works on a molecular level mm -hmm. um, back in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And I still vividly remember opening the page of the textbook and there was a picture of the human cell. Mm -hmm. um, I was absolutely fascinated how billions of these cells mm -hmm. come together with their defined functions with trillions of processes happening mm -hmm. simultaneously every mm -hmm. second of every day while we're alive mm -hmm. to create human life mm -hmm. and that physical existence of a biological being mm -hmm. uh, was uh, an extreme fascination for me and so I decided to dedicate my academic life to understanding how that works naturally, how mm. it breaks down in disease, mm. and also how different substances, mm -hmm. medicines, supplements, food mm -hmm. we put into our body can affect that positively or negatively. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so my academic background and in my undergrad, I studied pharmacology. Mm-hmm. I actually got into medicine as well, but became so fascinated with um, the studies of how drugs affect mm-hmm. the body on a molecular level. What happens when mm-hmm. a drug binds to a, mm-hmm. to a target, to a protein mm-hmm. uh, on a cell, and that triggers all of these complex processes inside the cell. Um, and so decided to stick with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the laboratory uh, really drew me in. Um, so I did several different research projects on epigenetics, mm-hmm. all the most complex stuff that we don't understand. <laughs> and the epigenetics, just to inter- just to interject a bit, is the DNA process of what we're inheriting in our DNA from our, you know, and that those imprints come from our ancestors way back. So we can go ahead and inherit some of that into our DNA. As I always like to talk about, it's like we got a library in our body, but we don't always take out the books, you know, but the library is there, but sometimes something triggers us and all of a sudden, you know, oh, what what's that about? Why did that come up? Or why am I doing that? What's going on, right? Yeah. I love that analogy. And uh, yes, the epigenetics controls the genetics. Mm-hmm. So the DNA, uh, which is the library that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and very interestingly and relevant to the latter part, later part of our conversation is that you can inherit generational trauma through epigenetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and epigenetics can be mm-hmm. impacted and evolved in one's lifetime usually to change dna um it's an evolutionary process that takes hundreds and thousands and millions of years Mm -hmm. Um, however epigenetics can be affected in real time Mm -hmm. based on all the environmental factors that the body is exposed to Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of studies to prove that so Um, you know i always like to i always like to say maria you know that uh if we change our story we change our lives so really what you're talking about is the opportunity here through your research and through the work you've done is how can we kind of reboot, reset, reframe? Absolutely. Um, and if anyone is more interested in the subject of epigenetics and how they affect mental health, Professor Rachel Yehuda, who is the head of the Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai Psychedelic Research Center, has uh, published some breakthrough uh data and results on on that space uh we're very far from being able to apply it um as a diagnostic but you know um not not too far either so (laughs) yeah she's absolutely wonderful isn't she i saw her at horizons last year and also recently in denver uh you know at the uh, psychedelic science 2023 convention uh really amazing and her research is uh, unbelievable yeah Absolutely. And I'm really, really glad and happy and honored to be able to call her not only my friend, but my colleague is not only my colleague, but also my friend. Um, She actually um, came. We invited her to come to Dubai, Mm. uh, where we hosted the first ever psychedelic conference, medical conference in the Arab Middle East. So that was extremely incredible. I couldn't have thought of a better person to to represent and to really propose and present a balanced view of where the space is at 
Well, talk about a talk about a wonderful conference to buy and to be able to be in the UAE and to see some of the changes and some of the you know science and some of the leaps that they're doing over there. What a what a privilege! Absolutely, and you know the the illicit drug laws there are extremely extremely severe. You know, only a decade ago, mm-hmm. they beheaded people for having illicit substances. Mm-hmm. So seeing the abu dhabi department of health being so open to this not only blew our minds but even the audience the local Mm -hmm. uh, psychologists and psychiatrists who know a little bit about the psychedelic space and have studied uh in Mm -hmm. europe or the us um it's a very exciting time it's honorable to see uh that they're extremely open-minded and uh, we hope to continue and are planning to continue working with them to bring psychedelic clinical trials uh, to the UAE. Right. So with Tabula Rasa and your venture uh, work, how does, how does, what are you like looking at? You're, I know you're, I talked about the blind spots, you know, looking at the blind spots in the healthcare area. So I would say that that certainly qualifies as a, you know, doing something in Dubai and opening up their eyes to some things that they may not have been aware of. Is is, is that what you see happening in general, uh, given your work and what kind of companies are as a venture company, as a venture capital company, are you looking at? Yeah, I'm really happy to drop into uh, this a little bit um, to close the gap on the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized the lab is not where I want to spend uh, every day of my life. So I started moving towards uh, more the commercial side mm-hmm. um, of drug development, uh, regulation, clinical trial design, um, commercialization, product launches, etc. Um, and after spending uh, altogether a decade in big pharma, I felt like I I had a calling that was bigger than corporate. Um, And at that time, I met my business partner, Murray Kazan, who had founded Tabula Rasa Ventures back in 2018 out of the Yale School of Management. Mm -hmm. Back then, there were only three companies publicly speaking about developing psychedelics as medicines. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit too early to start a venture fund, mm-hmm. um, but we did start the first incubator um, mm-hmm. in the space where we took very, very early stage companies, even starting from idea mm-hmm. uh, up to pre-seed, who were working on various different um, solutions for building out the psychedelic space mm-hmm. um, and slowly started uh, to work with these guys um, it was not on investment basis. It was more a uh, three-month program that we helped them set up their companies. Um, that was quite successful. And then touching into the Dubai stuff, like um, we are a venture capital fund that invests into early-stage companies. Um, we operate with an acceleration model where we don't only invest cash. We also work hands-on with entrepreneurs mm-hmm. on specific predefined needs and tailored to what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of just our investment activities, uh, we have a nonprofit foundation called Energia. Mm-hmm. And through Energia, we also engage in a lot of educational uh, and other activities. So um, Dubai and what you had mentioned, the psychedelic house, which was at Davos alongside the World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. were initiatives to really educate global leaders mm-hmm. um, in Dubai and uh, sorry, in, in Davos, uh, where 
the world's most powerful people congregate once a year to discuss the future of our of our world how did Um, that go how did that go over there good honestly (laughs) both davos and dubai um i joke with marik uh if it doesn't feel like we're slightly might get arrested it's not big enough (laughs) (laughs) so um what we created was really um a platform where we brought uh, 45 of the top global experts in the psychedelic space to share their knowledge. No, we didn't give out illicit substances. Yes, we did have fun and a lot of really awesome music in the evenings. Uh, But these experts really educated uh, the global leaders on what psychedelics are and there's a lot of stigma. So that's extremely necessary. Um, And it went phenomenally. Uh, we got coverage in Forbes, Bloomberg, The mm-hmm. Times, all these major medias. Amazing. We even got a shout out on The Late Show, which was quite <laughs> awesome. Oh, um, and uh, Marie got invited to speak at the Ukraine House, um, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was last year. Um, a very, very um, mm-hmm. powerful moment mm. uh, given the situation. Um, he talked about possibly uh, bringing psychedelic therapy for refugees and mm-hmm. refugee trauma. Uh, Rick Doblin yeah. is is currently working in the Ukraine and training therapists. Yeah. Um, so that those initiatives are moving forward um, at a good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was wonderful. We did have the secret police come and check in on us to oh, make sure that <laughs> there was nothing dodgy happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it was fantastic. And we closed out with a panel with Amanda Fielding, who mm-hmm. is another really powerful woman uh the founder of the beckley foundation uh in conversation with deepak chopra rachel Mm -hmm. was there Mm -hmm. and we are really proud because we really wanted to represent the psychedelic space holistically Mm -hmm. so we also brought um around five or six indigenous leaders Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. of the ancient mystical wisdom Mm -hmm. of these medicines which are novel ancient medicines as i call them mm-hmm. that's wonderful so you know we start talking we start talking about the uh, mystical and the medical and the spiritual and the science and it sounds to me like you know there is a real like you know many people of science don't necessarily like if they're hardcore they don't necessarily believe in the sacred you know like okay show me the proof you know that kind of a thing you know, and 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 yet at the same point, we do know whether or not it's a fMRI or whether or not it's looking at the individual's, uh, you know, uh, 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 stores on the um, what is it called? The not the extraordinary, but it's called the um, the um, you know, there's that there's that store of having a blissful um, experience. What? Um, the ecstatic store, the uh, uh, I'll, I'll remember it. But the point being is that individuals really have an ineffable experience when they're, uh, you know, or non-ordinary experience when they're using psychedelic medicine. Non-ordinary states. Yeah, a non-ordinary state. So they move into those states of these uh, ecstatic, it's the ecstatic experience store. And they move into these states 
And yet at the same point, they were also showing neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, you know, the ability to go ahead and rewire the brain, the ability to go ahead and look at and deal with traumas in new ways and have heart opening experiences that allow them to connect with people in, you know, uh, like it changes their lives. We look at I'm a vet. We look at some of the vets who have PTSD going off three or four psilocybin journeys and their PTSD is cured. So I'm just wondering from your viewpoint, when you look at, you know, what's happening here, how does your team balance advocating for promoting and developing psychedelics in the healthcare sector and, you know, the rebel that that particular area with the sacred aspects of it and what's happening in that area? Because that's, I know there's a little bit of a polarization here. And yet at the same point that like yin and yang, they do need to be together, right? Both sides of the same coin. Yes. Two sides of the same coin, rather. Yeah. Very well said. And I am very much aware of the show me the data mentality because I was one of them. <laughs> right. And I, I still am, but not only. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, science and our systematized methods for studying uh, our, the world around us has been crucial for human development and evolution. Um, we have developed technologies and processes and knowledge that has expanded human lifespan, doubled it, more than doubled. And that kind of show me the data mentality is really important, but it is limited. And people who are in drug development or in the sciences, a lot of them are a little stuck in their head. And I can say that because I was stuck in my head. I was very disconnected to my body and so my true. spirit. So true. Yeah. And the reality of, of life is that balancing and yang, um, the left, right side of the brain, any, any balance, um, yeah, requires the, the mind. mystical experience scale. That's what I was looking for there, before. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Yeah. That's no it. Worries. Um, true balance uh, and harmony requires mind, body, and spirit. Uh, and I've come to learn that over the last six or seven years as I've mm -hmm. departed from my show me the data journey, mm -hmm. uh, one dimensional journey and tapping into um, other states of my existence in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I think data is still important. I think um, it's still crucial and necessary, um, but we cannot deny and we cannot say, oh, if there's no proof, it doesn't exist or it's not real. Mm. Before there were, before we had tools to capture, measure mm -hmm. and use x-rays for medical purposes, x-rays have been there from the beginning of time just because us tiny little humans it's insignificant humans weren't able to detect them doesn't mean that they weren't there so i always remind myself there are so many things that we don't understand mm -hmm. about life and existence right and as i said it was necessary to tap in, into the, those uh, mind states mm -hmm. um, to collect data and to create innovation but i think we're entering a time of human consciousness evolution where in order to move forward 
and to evolve we need to pay attention more to the to the to, to to the consciousness to how the mind connects to the body and the spirit what is the spirit you know spirituality is nothing novel um it's very ancient that's what it was there before the scientific method um mm -hmm. but we've become a, a little bit dissociated from that and right. um that has kind of had its benefits but also is limiting us uh at this yeah 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 i think the mechani mechanistic aspects of society right you know there are we can talk about the mystical experience huh? and we can talk about the ineffable you know but then there are you know there's always the far left brain side of it that says show me the proof i don't believe you i don't want to i don't believe in this i, I i'm not going to drink that i'm not going to do that show me the proof and you know i think that's where we start talking about the medical and the mystical, the science and the sacred and being able to bridge that. It sounds to me like you're really trying to do that in a number of ways and you really can see both sides of it. And for me, that's 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 that incredibly fascinating because we're dealing with a lot of stigmas around totally. these, these these, you know, these these medicines these entheogens these psychedelics i and i don't even like you to use the word psychedelics because many people have a stigma attached to that so you know from from that viewpoint you know how do you you know do you feel that there's greater public awareness and acceptance of the role of psychedelics and you think you know how how can we tackle those issues yeah um i in 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 the last three years that since I entered this space, I can personally see um, that there is definitely a growing public awareness. Um, it's evident. Uh, it's evident in the fact that the FDA uh, just released a draft guidance for um, guiding psychedelic clinical trials. It's evident in all of the states that have approved or decriminalized or some legalized um, psychedelics certain psychedelics it's evident in the fact that we are speaking uh at davos and in dubai in the arab middle east about the medical properties of of these substances um so yes 100 percent public awareness is growing i don't think it's fully there at all uh, there's a lot more work to be done but change happens although it could happen overnight uh usually change in the modern world takes a lot of time there's actual uh, practices in in corporate called change management because, because it it's so difficult for people who are so used to the way they do things and the foreign or the unknown is mm -hmm. always really scary although that's exactly where everyone should be going mm -hmm. if uh right. something feels uh scary um there that's probably something that you should lean into and tap and, and think about why um mm -hmm. because it can bring you so many incredible gifts to your life your development mm -hmm. so um yeah. change yes um yeah. so we'll i'm familiar with and... uh i'm familiar with change management you sort of brought up my whole corporate background you know yeah. i thought we were going to get into sigma um you know uh, a black belt uh, uh you know w working through process management and change management and all the you know customer experience and all that other stuff but 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 let me just in 
let me ask you, you know, from your perspective, you had mentioned something before about mind, body and spirit. And I, from your perspective, what are the, you know, benefits, the significant benefits? And, and maybe you can talk to this maybe a little personally, depending upon where you want to go with this. But when you look at the approach of these psychedelics, these medicines, these entheogens, from your perspective, what's the impact on you know, mind, body, and spirit, and how can we balance some of the traditional development of medicine, you know, with these alternative approaches? And, you know, even, you know, and I'm asking, I'm asking you a lot here in terms of unpacking it, but even because we're the mindfulness experience, you know, where does mindfulness come in, in this, you know, whether or not it's personal or whether or not it's collective? Mm-hmm. I and we chatted uh, about this um, briefly before we began the podcast, but you know, psychedelics are just a tool. They're a really good one, but they are a tool. The real magic happens when you mm-hmm. open that window and you can tap into these states of consciousness and spirit and and expanded mind states without psychedelics. It's much more difficult. Um, and that's the power of these medicines is because it uh, puts you on the, you know, on the elevator straight up into that um, or looking outside of that window or opening that door. But the real benefit comes from when you personally, metaphorically speaking, take a step through that door mm. and taking a step through that door really is what you mentioned mindfulness and stepping into the unknown really stretching your horizons expanding your um spectrum of experience and going back to change you know and why it's difficult we we have our default mode network or we get used to doing the way we do things and it's great but from my personal experience like I was on paper ticking all the boxes. I was not happy. I would look in the mirror and say really bad things to myself. Like, mm. you're not good enough. Like, you're so stupid. You're mm. like, you need to do more and all that. Mm. And we and, have a, so much of that in our society, don't we? Exactly. Yeah. And and that's so dominant in our society because uh, we feel like uh, we're following a certain uh, a certain path or ladder, climbing ladders or where you know society tells us modern like current society tells us oh you will be happy if you have uh you know a house with two cars and x kid x many kids and this career and this title and that is so limiting and it's so basic um really when you step outside of this uh you know box and 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 frame of of thinking that's what existence really means Mm. is where the magic happens and Mm. you can really explore your personal self your your consciousness your spirit Mm -hmm. and and really understand what really makes you tick Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work Mm. Um, imagine a journey imagine if michelangelo uh really was told that he was a painter but he had to paint houses and he had to paint walls and all the while inside of him he was just aching aching to break out aching to do something different you know i mean imagine that and and you know he was in the sistine chapel painting it white 
you know i mean you know didn't that i mean what a talk about a miss you know the the sin of it right so you know what you're really talking about is the ability to kind of break out be a little bit more authentic be able to totally go ahead and and really be the change you wish to see to see in absolutely the world. and and push push your limits and boundaries the only lim mm -hmm. the only limits and boundaries are the ones that you put on yourself mm -hmm. um you know i i think anything is possible obviously some things maybe are not possible today or require mm -hmm. a lot of work but if you push your boundaries and ex expand yourself and and expand mm -hmm. your limits push those further mm -hmm. that's that's when you get innovation that's when you get uh true human evolution that's when you um get alignment with your purpose rather than someone saying like oh well if you go and be a you you know parents you need to be a doctor because or a lawyer mm -hmm. uh you know someone else said that you need to be something and that's how they are defining and they have a hold on you um dictating like who you are um and our professions and our job titles are such a tiny part of who we really are mm -hmm. but especially in corporate mm -hmm. it's it's scary like uh it's so structured um in limited that you feel like oh if i if i wear a, i don't know like a tie-dye psychedelic t-shirt to to work you know that's that's really bad yeah, people people people, people will reject me they will think, think bad things go. about me you know and it's that conformity and it's that fear of rejection that really propels so many people in their lives that they really want to be seen be heard be recognized and be totally oh. but also we are the most communal uh uh beings uh mm -hmm. on the planet so uh it's really important for mental health as well mm -hmm. that's the point mm -hmm. life is so multi-dimensional so layered mm -hmm. um more than we can even define in words it's it's ineffable how multi-dimensional and and um diverse life is but also we crave to be part of community and we right. crave um to share similarities you know we crave to find people who share our beliefs or our um taste in fashion or music right. Right. or art be a part um, of the tribe be exactly a part of the tribe. Yeah. and um in modern days you know there's these tribes in organized um corporate businesses mm -hmm. where people are actually you know part of something but it's so so single like um mm -hmm. one dimensional that you know a lot of people are unhappy with their lives right um so let and, me let me let me stop yeah. you for a second because i i where i want to go i want to go to like you know when i look at what you're doing at uh, tabula rasa and i look at the ventures that you're investing into a lot of people you know would look at that from the industrialization role of you know the psychedelic medicines these entheogens and you know there is this uh, whole other area that we've talked about certainly in terms of healthcare and encompassing the mind the body the spirit but you know when you when you look at that industrialization you know playing in the evolution of the human health and this next phase over the next decade how do you see it fitting in with or how do you see it you know 
either moving the moving the the goal line or coming closer to the goal line of psychedelic therapy or really helping individuals to break out of that mold to go ahead and find their tribe to go ahead and be more authentic mm -hmm. yeah and um uh, going back to the balance you know certainly our venture arm is much more structured is is focused on the medical side mm -hmm. uh whereas our foundation really taps into the more spiritual educational mind opening uh softer and very very important aspects of of building this industry um but on on the venture side you know the systems that we live in today have evolved over centuries um and they're very very difficult to change um because as you said people are used to how the world works and we built these systems but we're we are not the only ones that build them our predecessors built them and their predecessors built them so this is something that's so deeply rooted in how life and humans function that it's challenging to just say give everyone psychedelics uh, 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 to be used, uh, you know, at their discretion, like everyone should use psychedelics. Um, I think it's crazy that humans think they're important enough to ban a, a mushroom or a, a plant. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> we're, we're playing God with Mother Nature. Right. But also, I believe in, in our current or the organized societies that we have created it is important because like it's a natural what we create it if you think nature is nature is very random also there's a lot of uh, patterns in mm -hmm. in structure but we need to at least in the western world um we need to bring these medicines in in a way that would work for our current societies that we built so you know indigenous practices and going to drink ayahuasca with an ancient tribe is so incredible and and i've done it myself mm -hmm. um but these people they stay in their tribes they stay in that beautiful community safe container they don't go back to wall street their right. little office in a right. skyscraper that is you know uh, 200 floors high in a doggy um, dog world yeah in a doggy dog world so i i actually you know reintegrating into our our world which the indigenous don't understand and that's totally fine I, and that's a generalization obviously but you know i wish i could stay mm -hmm. and be in that container but we have to go back to our our lives mm -hmm. so i mm -hmm. do believe i i don't believe that nature should be criminalized that's mm -hmm. ridiculous uh but i do also believe that we nature is really powerful and these um naturally occurring uh compounds and, and molecules they were not made for humans <laughs> <laughs> Again, let's not kid ourselves. What do we got? Like, oh, the mushroom was made for me, <laughs> you right. know? So I do think that it needs to be approached with uh, care and uh, consciousness and, and and presence within the lens of our modern world and modern systems. Um, so the reason why we are supporting the medicalization mm -hmm. is also to be able to give it and, and and to create access for 
as many people as possible mm-hmm. in the safest way possible, mm-hmm. given their current uh, life situations. Beautiful. Um, so there's a framework around it. And the framework around it is a research framework that really has been that has uh, not only anecdotal uh, evidence. It's not it's not just sort of hearsay. It's really researched fact composited uh, with efficacy rates that are really quite high that show if you prepare and if someone is with you and if someone can help you to integrate that you can make the changes you wish to see. Totally. Um, the guidance and, you know, like saying psychedelics are a tool, but once you mm-hmm. once you step through the door, that's where the real um, the real healing and change happens. Yeah. Um, if we must uh, get these medicines through the FDA in this structured way, great. But there's so many opportunities um, for coaches, guides, facilitators that can work with people afterwards to help them tap into the more spiritual. And that's necessary. That's necessary. Um, FDA does not regulate um, even psychiatry. It doesn't regulate psychiatry. Um, So I think in order to be successful in creating access to these medicines, we need to play with the system, but the system is broken for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't change it overnight. It takes a lot of dedication. And it's really, really challenging. God bless Rick Doblin for what he's yeah. done. Um, yeah, yeah he's really doing people... incredible. He's doing incredible work. Let me ask you: When you start taking a look uh, and you start looking out, you know, into the future. I mean, you're much younger than I am, and you have a you know fresh perspective in terms of the world. Uh, you're not as jaded as I am, uh, if you will. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I listen. I try. But how do you how do you envision psychedelics uh, and the industry growing over the next few years? You know what what kind of challenges do you think we'll face? For example, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. try is all we can do. Uh, <laughs> right. um, looking at the next ten years. Um, when I came into the psychedelic space back in 2020, I was very surprised in a positive way and respectful that people are starting drug development companies who have never launched a drug to market and don't understand these systems uh, that we've been talking about. Um, But also um, it creates blind spots um, because if you don't understand how challenging that process is, then you don't have a a realistic expectation. Um, So uh, MAPS actually 24 hours ago published their phase three clinical trials for MDMA assisted therapy for PTSD in uh, Nature, extremely prominent journal. And that's their second phase three trial where they confirmed incredible results. Uh, you know, patients, 86% of patients, um, yes, uh, had significant efficacy, a massive proportion of, of those lost their diagnosis. You know, we don't want to say cure, especially with the mind and anything with mental health. Um, but they feel better. But, but <laughs> yes, totally. And and for a, a 86%, for a that's huge. For yeah. a sustained period of time of 12 months or longer, which is mm. incredible. You know, I, I've been in, 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 in healthcare and drug development. I have never seen results like so that. So 86%, and we're talking about PTSD, we're yes. talking about 
you know, issues specifically. I mean, you know, and I'm a, I'm a vet, I'm a member of the Heroic Hearts Project. But, you know, I think when you start taking a look at this, trauma is a systemic issue within our society. And being into being individualized and not interconnected in community and really have a, a plan or fostering a plan for, you know, food, shelter, clothing, health care, all of the basic needs, that can be traumatic in and of itself, never mind, you know, having to go to war and having totally. to deal with, uh, you know, gunshot wounds or, you know, shell shock, you know. Totally. Yeah, no, thank you for that insight. Mm -hmm. um, but looking forward, um, MDMA is on track. And I personally, uh, speaking with uh, Michael Millet, who is uh, uh, part of MAPS PBC and, and speaking to Rick and looking at the data, I certainly agree that MDMA will be FDA approved next year. But that is the first and not a small hurdle, but it's the first hurdle. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to see a lot of challenges with getting these medicines to patients. Um, there's a lot of steps in between that from needing to train thousands of therapists on a very complex intervention that is very long as well, uh, sitting with patients, um, figuring out how we're going to pay for this. Even if you make the drug free, if you're taking, uh, you know, six hours, uh, and that's just the dosing session of a person's uh, time, you know, like they're making their living as well. So we need to figure out how to pay for these. And this is the first time a drug plus therapy intervention has been approved um, into the medical system. So there's a lot of challenges there. Um, also, how do we um, educate patients um, and uh, to, to get them interested? Because like there is a scenario and a reality where people would be too, too afraid or like not want to <laughs> try this. Um, so yes, I think ahead we have a lot more challenges that we will face. Um, I do feel like this is not going anywhere. Uh, psychedelics are here to stay. We have broken through that kind of like mm -hmm. critical uh, critical point in, in, in time where there's a uh, pendulum is not going to swing backwards. Um, and um, yeah, uh, I just mm -hmm. think the most crucial and important thing is to remain honest with ourselves of what these challenges are and i really applaud maps because they're not like oh no we know everything like this is like right. a done deal like they really understand the challenges and i've seen their right. data room with all the materials that they have and they're not only changing how mental ptsd is being treated they're changing how care is being delivered to patients right. um we can have probably three more podcasts on the details of, of all that but they're building the platform on which all the other psychedelics are going to roll out yeah, yeah uh, they're yeah. building the tools uh to be able to go from fda to patient and everything that's needed in between so they have a very very important and challenging role yeah. um, but i think that they have extremely uh brilliant and bright people um who also work on themselves and uh are connected to their mind body and and spirit and uh i think they'll figure it out and um you know we're in support of them um don't want to get into too many details there for now but uh, we, we should support maps because 
the exit strategy is either do it yourself, which it costs hundreds of millions of dollars and most drug, psychedelic drug development companies will not be able to afford that or go through big pharma. Um, that's not like an absolute no go, but that's another can of worms that, you know, we need to work with big pharma to educate them and help them understand how this works. But I know a lot of people don't want to go that path. So right. MAPS is really creating a commercial engine for all the psychedelics that are coming through the drug development pipeline. Um, and there's so, so much more, but I will pause there. So uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with MAPS, MAPS is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, and uh, they are leading the charge with the FDA, have over the last 20 plus years uh, to go ahead and get uh, it legalized and doing all the research and all the things that might be necessary. And it's an, it's really uh, exciting to think that we might be on the verge of a new healthcare uh, revolution uh, using uh, psychedelics uh, and uh medicine as a way to go ahead and cure PTSD or at least uh, uh, relieve some of the effects of PTSD. 86% efficacy rates are very high and certainly that means no more uh, SSRIs for a lot of folks uh, and really having to deal with masking uh, issues that might have uh, been, you know, really prevalent for so many vets. I want to uh, just, you know, we're, we're sort of at the end of our time. Maria, but I, I really want to ask you if people want to, you know, seek more help uh, in in terms of understanding your role and what you're doing over at uh, uh, Tabula uh, Tabula uh, Rasa Ventures, and also um, maybe find out a little bit more about you and how to really be the change they wish to see in the world. What would be your sort of closing recommendation to folks? Um, I, I encourage um, uh, if people want to learn more about our work, uh, both on the venture side and the nonprofit side, um, uh, Keith, I, I, I'll be grateful if we can include some links, but check out our websites. Uh, we are on socials as well. Um, I am quite active in, in disseminating information on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, also Instagram, which is a little bit more personable, but you know that's also important. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, through LinkedIn, Instagram, our website, both of our websites for the fund and, and the nonprofit, uh, it's a great, uh, place to, to gain information. Um, we have a contact form as well. Um, so if anyone's interested, uh, in working with us, uh, Mm -hmm. being involved in our fund or our nonprofit initiatives, um, please, please, please feel free to reach out. Also, uh, I will be speaking at Wonderland um, in Miami, November 9th to 11th. So, um, yeah, find me there. I would love to meet you and, and chat. Yeah, and what's your set? You know, we, we started all this and I jumped right into it. What's the name of your session? The name of my session. Actually, we're still uh, we're still finalizing that uh, in okay. which exact se- session I'll be I'll be speaking on. But it's okay. a it's a panel uh, or right. one or two panels. Um, right. So we've got the medical and the mystical, the the science and the the sacred. And you know, I I really want to thank you so much, Maria, for uh, incredible insights for bringing it all together for your knowledge, your experience, and really sharing that with us today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show and discuss the fascinating topics of psychedelic therapeutics and the future of the healthcare industry. 
This concludes another episode of the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. Don't forget to tune in for other enlightening conversations and make sure to check out the Wonderland Conference in Miami from November the 9th through the 11th and use the code MINDFULNESS20 for a 20% discount off of your registration. Again, thank you very much, Maria, for being with us. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for listening to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We have other exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. For more mindfulness tips and tricks, visit our website at workmindfulness.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience. This is Keith Fiveson.